Welcome to the Around the Net podcast powered by Callaway Golf. Here's your host, AJ Volpel. Hey, what's going on, everyone? I am AJ Volpel, and this is the Around the Net podcast powered by Callaway Golf. And if this is the first time listening, this is a monthly podcast where we chat about all things as it relates to Met Area Golf. I'm talking the courses, competitions, people. We try to cover it all here, and we always try to bring on a very special guest for each episode. And today is no different. Joining me in just a few moments will be Slugger White, the Vice President of Rules and Competitions for the PGA Tour. And if you watch any sort of golf on TV at all, week to week on the PGA Tour, chances are you've seen Slugger uh, explaining a rule situation um, and donning his patented Outback style hat. Uh, He is an awesome guy and uh, one of the most respected in the sport, one of the most respected referees um, in in any sport, really. Um, so we are going to chat with him about a lot of great stuff about uh, some 2019 rules changes that will affect pros and amateurs alike. Um, and a fun fact about Slugger, he is the 1975 Met Open champ. He won at Metropolis uh, during his playing years. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Because, you know, it is August and it is Med Open Month, which is at Wykegill this year. Uh, an amazing club. Cannot wait uh, to get out east for that. Uh, the Med Open presented by Callaway Golf. So uh, that's a very, very big deal uh, for, for the MGA, for everybody at Callaway. So that's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, but first, before we get to Slugger, I wanted to give a quick congratulations to Penn State Rising Junior Ryan Davis on his amazing victory at the 116th Met Amateur Championship earlier this month. Uh, Davis edged out another great college player, uh, Boston College's uh, Christian Cavallari in the 36-hole final um, at the amazing Arcola Country Club in northern New Jersey. I was actually, a couple years ago, when I was at the PJ Championship at Baltusrol, uh, we hooked up with uh, Trevor Randolph, who's another uh, amazing MJ player and the reigning uh, MJ Mid-Am champion, uh, to to go over to Arcola to check it out. And uh, holy, cow, holy cow, that place is absolutely outstanding. So um, I know they had a lot of weather there. So uh, big props to the superintendent and his staff for um, seriously making it seem like it didn't even rain at all. So uh, just an amazing job by uh, everybody at Arcola, everybody at the MGA, um, the members, everybody, um, and congratulations to Ryan Davis. Uh, just a brilliant summer he's having, and he's heading back to Penn State soon. So a well-deserved win, um, really cool stuff. Uh, but without further ado, why don't we get to our conversation with Slugger White right after these words. This is 2017 Masters Champion Sergio Garcia, and you're listening to Around the Med Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to Callaway's Podcast Network by searching... You guessed it, Callaway Golf on iTunes. This way, you'll never miss an episode. All right, back to you, AJ. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Around the Met podcast powered by Callaway Golf. And on the phone is Slugger White, the VP of Rules and Competitions for PGA Tour. Slugger, how are you doing, man? Great, AJ. How are you today? I am fantastic. It is, uh, it's actually PGA Championship week. Does that mean you get an off week? That means I get an off week. Yes, sir. <laughs> that is <laughs> amazing. So how are you spending that? Well, I'm trying to get, uh, you know, it's like my son plays pretty well, and I'm trying to play a little golf with him. Uh, just, you know, it's just kind of nice just to be home uh, when I'm on the road for two or three weeks at a time. I may not 
I mean, I'll see you outside for a day or two. So just kind of kicking back right now. And where do you call home? Yeah, I'm in Ormond Beach, Florida, the Daytona Beach area. Ah, very nice, very nice. And where do you play most of your golf out of out uh, down there? We play over at uh, my son's a little as a member at a place called Riviera, and uh, here in town. And I play sometimes at Oceanside, and at uh, uh, up in Bunnell. I, I play at a, a golf course up there. And uh, <laughs> how am I doing? Most mostly Oceanside. That's what it is um. in, here in Ormond. Oh, right. Very nice. And and how is your golf game these days? Because with all the travel and the work that you're doing, um, I'm guessing that you don't have a ton of time to kind of practice and grind and everything like that. I do not practice, and my <laughs> game suffers very much. And I'm a, uh, I'm at a, you know, it's like if I say I shoot uh, one under par, that means I've shot 79. <laughs> so, uh, so it's not it, it's not as good as nearly as good as it used to be. Yeah, well, uh, it's funny that you say that because right when we were kind of um, when we were when we were uh, selecting guests for for this month's show, uh, myself and uh, some members of the Met Golf Association team, uh, they brought you up as the 1975 Met Open winner, and I actually had no idea. I'm I kind of uh, pride myself on being um, a, a history buff, especially when it comes to the Met area and. Uh, the Met Open and amateur golf and things like that, but I had no idea that you won in 1975 at Metropolis. That's pretty amazing. Yes, sir, I did. You know what? And maybe the reason is because uh, for some reason they put Carlton White on on the uh, on the trophy, and nobody knows that. Nobody knows who that is. So be right. quite honest. Right. So right, because everybody you've been you've been kind of known as Slugger since almost like birth, right? About a day, about it was either one or two days old that uh, my my dad my dad nicknamed me that exactly. And what 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 is like the origin of that nickname? Dad was a professional fighter. Um, he had twenty one professional fights, and uh, he used to fight in the service with a, with a guy. And when they got back stateside, he always uh, they corresponded all the time. And this guy always signed his name Slugger. And he tacked it on me, you know, like I say, one or two days old, and it stuck, and there was nothing I could do about it. That's really good. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a gnarly nickname. I'm sure, uh, you know, I think, <laughs> I, I'd be kind of happy with that nickname. I might, I might, I might request a, a nickname that's cool as that soon. I don't know. AJ does, does AJ's getting a little old. Doesn't cut it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, it wasn't easy when you're growing up. You know, it's like it's, sometimes you have to defend it, but, uh, but it's been, it's easy. You know, it's kind of easy to remember, which, which is kind of nice. That's that's really funny. So um, I want to quickly just uh, revisit um, your your seventy five Met Open win. That mm-hmm. that was I know you played on tour and 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 a lot of listeners might not be familiar with that. So I I want to uh, touch on that a little bit. So in nineteen seventy five was was your game peaking around that time around that win in at Metropolis. I would say it was. I had a uh, I used to um, I was in the New Jersey section. For a couple of years, and uh, I would I would play up there in the summertime, and I'd come back to Florida, and I was lucky enough to I won the New Jersey PGA up there. I don't remember what year it was. Um, I won the uh, uh, I won their assistance tournament one year. So I've been I, you know I've been up up around that area for for quite a you know quite a few years, mm-hmm. and my game did peak with the uh, with the Met Open. That was that was that was huge. I mean it, you know it's a it's a great tournament. It's got a lot of history. Uh, you know, my name went on a trophy with, uh, you know, with Ben Hogan and the like. You know, it was, it was pretty special, I have to say that. 
And so you were up in New Jersey. Were you a teaching professional or were you just uh, were you just uh, playing competitively? What were, what were you doing up there? Both. Uh, I worked for a gentleman up there in the western part of the state in a little uh, nine-hole municipal course out in Washington, New Jersey. And uh, he basically hired me to, to teach and to hopefully play well in the section and, uh, you know, kind of put his put his golf course on the map. And, and luckily for both of us, I did, and it was good for him as well. Oh, that's amazing. And then um, a year later, you joined the PJ Tour and played on the tour for a couple of years. Is that right? Right, I played uh, seventy six, seven, eight, and nine. I did. Mm-hmm. And how? And how? How was your success on tour? It was very minimal. Uh, <laughs> I was breaking even. Uh, my best finish was fourth at the Texas Open. Nice. In seventy six, I think it was. And uh, it was. Uh, it was. You know. It was. It was. It was a great experience. Unfortunately, we weren't playing for nearly as much money. As we are now, I think the biggest purse that I played in, uh, it was like a half a million dollar purse total. Mm-hmm. That was at Westchester, which was, you know, unheard of. I mean, that's that's second place now. Mm-hmm. So I know, <laughs> and, seriously, and that was the total purse, right? Right, you could finish fifteenth and still make six figures now. It's nuts. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, it's kind of nice. It's nice to see. Okay, so after after the stint on the PJ Tour, where did when did the the kind of the, I guess the lean toward the rules of the game and the competition aspect of it. When did that kind of start to lead in? Well, I knew, you know, it's like the end of uh, 79 that it was time to time to do something. I, I was just breaking even and I wasn't going anywhere. You know, again, I, I just, I wasn't at the level that I needed to be. You need, you know, there's, there's peers you need to get to. And then I didn't get there and it was time to do something else. And I, I interviewed for some jobs up in the med section. Uh, I think it was like five times. And uh, it came down between me and someone else five times and they went the other way. And I was contacted uh, by the tour that they were looking, you know, and if I'd be interested in the rule staff, they were looking for guys that were ex players, which is kind of a nice little transition. Cause you've, you play with these guys so much, so many, so many years and we're playing many tours together. And in, and in the tour time, and uh, I just, uh, you know, it was kind of a natural, and, and, it, and it worked out, and 37 years later, here I am. Man, so. that is, I know, and now, I mean, you're, 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 you're recognizable, obviously, because you're, you're on TV pretty often, and, you know, you're, you, you, you have the, the Outback-style hat, which is, which is awesome, and, and I feel like everybody kind of uh, uh, recognizes you out there as almost like one of the players, you know? It's pretty cool. Well, it is kind of nice. It's nice that uh, it's nice that people do recognize you. Um, sometimes when you're on TV, that's not as, <laughs> that's usually don't, you don't want to be there. But, right, uh, right. That's one of those things. That's part part of the job. That's awesome. Um, and now I want to just uh, uh, quickly uh, touch on uh, some rules things. Um, especially, it's it's especially relevant uh, with this podcast and and all the members of of the uh, the Met Golf Association. Rules are a, a massive part of of what the MJ does. And, and obviously, you know, that, um, so, uh, uh, two questions actually. So one does, do you, I guess, personally and the tour as a whole have a working relationship with, um, some of the governing bodies, the USGA, the RNA, like on rule situations. We do. We, uh, you know, it's nice that we have a really great relationship with the USGA and the RNA. We spend a lot of time with the USGA and the RNA, and, uh, you know, hopefully they, you know, it's like we, we do this all the time. So they do respect, uh, you know, our opinions on a lot of things. And, 
And I think it, it'll 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 show in uh, you know next year in nineteen when when the new rules come out. Right. What can you explain some of the new rules in nineteen? I guess, or maybe uh, some of the 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 more prevalent ones that that people should start to recognize or start to think of. Well, you know what? Quite honestly, AJ, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to confuse myself, so I haven't read all of them. You know, I, I, I shouldn't say that. I've read all of them. I just haven't concentrated on them, and I won't probably until the end of the year. Because they are a little confusing, you know. So it's going to be, you know, one of those things where loose impediments in the bunkers are going to be able to, you're going to be able to remove those mm-hmm. without penalty. Uh, you're going to be able to tap down spike marks on the putting green. Uh, you're going to be able to leave the flag stick in, uh, and, you know, when you're on the putting green and, and you're not now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a different different situation dropping the ball. It's going to be at knee high and uh, as opposed to shoulder high and arm's length. So it's going to be quite a few, you know, quite a few things that are, you know, they're going to be, they're, they're trying to make it, they're trying to make it obviously for, to speed up the game. And they're trying to make it to where you're playing in the area, like, like I say, this knee high dropping, you're playing in the area that you want to, uh, that, that you know, where, where the ball ball came to rest and it's not, not too far from where you're going to drop it. So it's it's interesting that 2019 has, uh, has so many of these rules changes and, and from an amateur standpoint, um, I think these are, I think these are tremendous changes for for amateurs. They're a little easier to understand for them. Um, they're, uh, I feel like they're. It's almost like they're. You guys are working with amateurs to to make some of these changes, especially, um, you know, one of the loose like loose impediments and and leaving the flag stick in like those things. Like they seem pretty simple, but how how much is is it a process? for these changes to actually made like is it's like i know there's a lot of uh, rules committees and things like that uh does it take a, a really a great amount of effort to make these things happen it's a huge amount of effort you know these these new changes i mean it, it's a four-year process mm. uh decisions change every two years but but uh, uh can change every two years but but the, it's a four-year process to change the rule itself so some of these rules probably go back to maybe eight, maybe you know even twelve years ago. So it's uh, it's going to be it, it's going to be big, and and I and I think I think it's going to be I think it's going to be well received. The USGA and the RNA have done a wonderful job with it. Uh, I mean they're they're like I say they're great great guys to work with, and we get along extremely well with them. And uh, and we'll just we'll just see what goes. And I think I think the general public will understand why we're doing doing some of these things when they do come out. Yeah, no, and like I said, I mean they're uh, they're it seems like they're way more approachable the the rules and and the USJ and RNA um, and everybody associated with it in kind of um, you know making it easier to understand and making it uh, funner to play and and kind of easier to play uh, for for amateurs everywhere. Um, I have a question that might be a little challenging for you. If you have okay. if you had to see um, one rule change on tour, maybe it's something that you come across. Uh, more often than not, when you're out there week to week, uh, what's one thing that you would propose a change, a rules change that that you could that you could propose, if there's one? Well, I've been I've been standing on my soapbox probably the past four or five years, uh, and we've gotten we've gotten to where uh, on the putting green, when the ball moves now, if if you've caused it to move, you, you replace it under uh, with no penalty. Mm-hmm. If the wind causes it, you you, you play where it's uh, or wind or gravity move the ball, then, then you then you play where it comes to rest. Mm-hmm. I want I want it when you get on the putting green, when you mark your ball, and you and and 
and you place your ball back, when the ball moves, I don't care if it's wind, uh, gravity, uh, accidental, whatever, you place the ball back where, where, it, uh, where, where, it, where it moved from. And my analogy with that was now if you're on a par three hole and you hit it above the hole, you mark your ball, and now you place it back down, and you go look on the other side, and a gust of wind blows your ball in the hole. That you, you know, it's like now you now you've made whatever, whatever your previous stroke was, which usually usually a, uh, your tee shot. Now you've made a one. Well, in my opinion, you haven't made a one. Mm. You need to place that ball back and go from there. So, and that's going to happen next year. So, anytime the ball moves, you're going to replace it, and uh, you know where where it uh, moved from, no matter no matter what moved it. And so, and and that's no penalty, right? No penalty, correct? Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. I love that, and I and especially with you know, with the way greens roll now and, and, you know, the way they're being cut and, you know, they're rolling at, you know, some of the, especially some of the clubs in the Northeast. I mean, geez, they're rolling at 13. Stanwich is always rolling like a 14. Uh, it seems sure. like every time I'm over there. So like, yeah, it seems like it's, it's easier for the ball to move now um, where like natural factors would play into it as opposed to a player accidentally hitting it or things like that. So, I mean, I think that totally makes sense, you know? I think it does too, and it, it, that's going to help. <clears throat> and I just that, that, like I say, that was just my analogy. And uh, you know, greens have gone from you know when when I first started this job, our advance week we always had uh, our uh, our target uh, for green speeds was like nine and nine and a half, mm-hmm. and, well, and whereby at the end of in the following week, the tournament week, they were rolling about ten and a half. Mm-hmm. Well, we're starting at ten and a half now, and we're getting them up to twelve and twelve and a half. That uh, like we had at uh, at Bridgestone uh, last week, we were at about twelve and a half there. So it's it's you know it's like it's just made a big big difference. Uh, you know it's like as far as uh, agronomy goes and, and maintaining the golf course. So it's fast and firm and and that's just uh, I think I think it'd be a great it'd be a really good change. Yeah, no, that's um, I'm sure the players are happy about that um, uh, for sure. Um, and you know everybody who plays in competitions and everything could probably relate to one time. Uh, one that's happened to them on the green, and I'm sure it's a little bit of a sigh of relief. Um, and I think a, a lot of the new changes in 2019 are a sign of relief uh, for, for a lot of players and golfers all over the world. So, I mean, I think it's an incredible job that, um, that you and the USJ and the RNA have done um, in terms of uh, changing the rules and making, uh, making it more approachable. Um, and this is just a great example of that. So that's, um, that's, that's really amazing stuff. But um, listen, Slugger, I don't want to keep you too long. I mean, you're on vacation for crying out loud. <laughs> you know, you're just trying to play some golf here and I'm, uh, I'm picking your brain a little bit, but uh, uh, so we'll, we'll let you run, but I uh, would love to have you again on soon to pick your brain a little bit more on the rules. I mean, I, I'm fascinated with it and I know a lot of listeners are um, and everything as well. Hey, Jay, thank you. I appreciate your time, and uh, it was my pleasure on this, and believe me. All right, cool. Well, listen, enjoy the rest of the year. Good luck. Hope to see you out there um, in the Northeast in the coming weeks, and uh, enjoy your time off. 